welcome to the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Joy Foster. And today I have another very special guest, a blast from the past. Uh, I have been loving interviewing people who I've known for a long time, who've had a long-term impact on me and my business. And I wanted to bring them to you uh, because they are genuinely lovely people. And one of those genuinely lovely people is Allison Edgar, MBE. She doesn't have that on her name, but she does have an MBE and we'll talk about that. Uh, And she really is the entrepreneur's godmother. And I am so blessed to know her. And there's so many concepts that she taught me about sales. Uh, So we're going to talk about sales a bit, but let's just talk about your life, Allison. And let's talk about some of the challenges you've overcome to become an author. You're launching another book uh, and you have overcome dyslexia uh, to do that and all sorts of things. Let's talk about your journey, who you are, how you got to where you are uh, and dive in. Oh, Joy, thank you. I should say thank you so much, first of all. Like sometimes you meet people in your life and they just make an impact. And I can still remember as clear as day the first time I met you when you were on the stage in Bristol with Enterprise Nation doing your pitch. So um, you've come so far. You should be so proud. So before we talk about me, I just think it's amazing, you know, how far you've come in the journey. And congratulations. Uh, So, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, As you mentioned, I am dyslexic, but it wasn't until later in my life that I was diagnosed. So um, academia for me, school, I really struggled, but I think I learned at an early age the things that I was good at. And I think this is a lot of time people spend a lot of their focus on the things they're not so great at. Um, and forget to concentrate on the things they are brilliant at and for me I love people I genuinely love people I love talking to people I love getting to know people and I think that was one of the things at an early age I thought well if I focus on that as a strength that will definitely carry me through and then I can learn bit by bit the things that I'm not so good at so I ended up working in hospitality I worked in Sydney I worked in Cape Town I worked in the States, so I, I, I sort of came from a, a strong grounding in customer service and hospitality, and that sort of later evolved when I came back from traveling. I was supposed to go for six months, Joy, and I ended away for six years, so I don't know how it happened, but I, I you know, it just evolved, and then um, I got a job in sales. I met my husband, and he had a Monday to Friday, nine to five job. And I quite liked this one. He was a keeper, Joy. So, and I was still with him 20 odd years on. Um, And I then got a job in one of the very first call centres that BT opened in in Motherwell, just outside Glasgow. And it was direct mail, direct response. So it was outbound business to business sales, for lack of a better word. And I then discovered because I took my hospitality background and the skills that I had learned, I was really good at it again focusing on my strengths and you know one of my mantras is when it's delivered correctly sales and customer service is exactly the same thing you know a good sales conversation isn't about buy my product do this do this it's about actually asking great questions and finding out what the customer needs so I think that that sort of started the journey and then I set up my own sales training company in 2014. That then evolved into me working with some cracking entrepreneurs, like the Dragon's Den winners, the Apprentice winners, 
and I then became the entrepreneur's godmother and I still today you know people do and people say well what does the entrepreneur's godmother do Alison you know are you running around with the tiara and the wand and I'm like well actually sometimes I do but sometimes when you support people you know it's like the godfather you've got to be quite strong in their joy as well so and then I wrote the first book Secrets of Successful Sales and that went mad it was um Amazon bestseller around the world, WH Smith top 10 business book. So in the UK, you could walk into the stores and it was on the shelves in the top books. And the um, independent newspaper voted it one of the top business books written by a woman in 2019. And, and that's what I mean that I'm dyslexic, Read, reading and writing are not my strengths. But I could only really get to that point in my life to start to deal with the weaknesses when I had really conquered the strengths that were in there. And, you know, um, I just feel that that was a game changer. And now, obviously, I've got my new book, The Mash It, The Art of Getting What You Want. So, yeah, that's me in a bit of a nutshell, really. Well, you are a smash it kind of gal. So I remember we, so at another conference, we were out together, at possibly at a similar one the, the following year, but, or maybe somewhere else, we, we found each other. It was like, oh my gosh. And so then we went out to dinner and, you know, of course, being out to dinner with you is amazing, you know, just so much fun, great conversation. Um, and I, you know, I think you, you, you are someone who just smashes it. And I remember talking to you and like, talking to you about your vision and your goals and the things you wanted to do next. And you had really big pictures of what you wanted to do. And I mean, was an MBE even in the works at that point? Like, did you even like, was that even a concept that your head was around? Because you had such big plans, but I don't remember even discussing that with you. An MBE is an interesting one because that's not, you can have a vision and it was always on my vision board, but you can't like nominate you you can't make that happen that's one of those goals that you can hope for wish for and if it's your thing you can manifest but you can't really for that one because someone has to nominate you it has to go through like a judging process and you know the story behind it was I, d I didn't know and Kaya I think you met Kaya that used to work for me and Kaya I kind of with my team I encouraged them to leave to see the world, you know yourself, not being from the UK, there's a whole world out there. And sometimes, you know, people are either scared to travel or they're just, you know, don't get the opportunities. For me, I think that travel really broadens the mind and really helps you to create big goals because you realize how small you are on the planet. And it gives you that chance to think, you know, that seems like a really big goal, but in, in comparison to the universe, it's a tiny little goal, isn't it? So I think, I encouraged Kaya to leave and at the time when we went into lockdown she was in Portugal and I think it, for a lot of people that were overseas it was a mass exodus to get home because nobody knew what was going on so Kaya then decided to come back to the UK but didn't have a job and I said look you know I know that everybody's getting furloughed or made redundant but do you want to come back and help me write the new book because she'd helped me write the first book and she said yeah 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 so again the way that my mind works I've got to bounce off somebody and get the ideas and then write it and then we edit it and so we were it was the first day of the second lockdown so it was about July joy right and it was when you were allowed to be with people in gardens but only two people and this I got distracted I'm a yellow we know that from the behaviors in the books I got distracted and I started checking my emails and I started crying and Kaya's like 
are you okay? Somebody passed away. And I went, no, are you my press officer? And she went, yeah, why? And I said, I, I need you to read this email, but only the press officer for the organisation is allowed to read it because it's top secret. And she read it and it was from the cabinet office to say that I had been awarded an MBE. And she read it, she went, and you, I nominated you three years ago. And the man, the man from the cabinet office phoned me a couple of weeks ago, but I wasn't allowed to tell you. So I think, you know, the, the point in that, the moral of the story is, like you've met me several times, you see me online, what you see is what you get. And I think sometimes if you just sparkle and shine and bring your A-game, you know, every day, and, you know, some days your A-game is putting on your shoes, some day your A-game is taking over the world. But if you just do your best every day, people do notice it and they do put you forward for things like that. So I think um, it was always something that, I, you know, I would have loved to get one, but you can't, you can't manifest that one. It's about the efforts and the, and, you know, the impact you make on people. And, you know, it's funny because, as you know, I give a lot of my time back to the, the community, especially the female community, young girls or people that are, you know, struggling with confidence or getting back into the workplace and stuff. Again, a bit like yourself, Joy, that there's a lot of mutual love to help people. And I got an email this morning. I was speaking at an event in London um, for girls, young girls. And one of the things I talk about is confidence, because I think if you're not confident in you, other people will not be confident in you. And I think confidence isn't a birthday gift. You can't give somebody confidence. They've got to find it for themselves. And one of the things I talk about is Demi Lovato, you know, and the song, because one of my favourite songs is what's wrong with being confident, you know, and, and if I'm doing a, a big event, I'll literally run around going, what's wrong with being confident? Uh -huh. And I had these wee letters today from these young girls, year seven, what's that, 11, 11 to 14 year old. Oh, they had me in tears just saying like, I, I believe now I can be confident and I am Demi Lovato, I am confident. And do you know, that's, that's what, I, I think it's things like that that help you to get an MBE. It's not about how much you charge or how much, you know, you know, do you want to be a coach? Do you want to earn seven figures? Like, I hate all that stuff. I think really helping people comes from your heart and your passion. It doesn't, like, not what it puts in your bank balance. I, I'm going to let it go that you switched to an American accent for that part. <laughs> <laughs> only that bit, only about confidence. And I am not even going to try my Scottish accent because it would be <laughs> diabolical. But let me just say, I love your heart. I love your genuineness. And I know exactly what you mean. It's it's interesting. I do love the fact that it was something that, that you would have loved to aspire to. And you put it on your vision board. We talk a lot about vision boards at Technixies. Even though you knew that that was something that had to come from someone else, you still had, there was a part of you that said, this is something that I would love. And it's, it, you know, it's that, it's, I guess it's the acknowledgement that what you're doing is really making an impact. I knew instantly when I read your first book um, that I was going to learn so much just from the very fact that you started telling the story that you were dyslexic and that, you know, you, if you could write a book, anyone could, you know, write a book. And, um, but you were so clever and funny in your stories, but also this educational piece on sales about not everyone receives a sales pitch the same way. Not everyone uh, receives a sales message the same way. And I had never really understood or been introduced to the different colors 
So you talk about, you said your yellow, you talk about red, yellow, green, and blue. And actually what was so interesting was when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, I can like diagnose my husband and oh my gosh, I can diagnose myself. I knew that I was red, like very, very red, but I also knew my husband immediately was green, blue. And that's one of the reasons why we struggled because um, reds and blues can struggle. I mean, you know, and so tell us, explain this concept. I've got this really cool. We did some personality testing at my company and actually I, I have it on here just to remind my team when we're in interviews, you know, I'm, I'm very red guys. So, you know, just know that. And I am, I am a little bit yellow and a little bit green, but I'm very not blue. So talk about, talk about the different colors and how, how that impacts people on the sales uh, level and also just personality level. I think it's one of the fundamentals to life, not just sales, not just business, but to all aspects of life. And for me, I was um, educated in it when I worked in corporate because corporate businesses really, they, they invest a lot in their teams. You know, they've got a, a big budget for training. They've got a big budget for, you know, the personal development staff. Um, and, and I learned about it then, but it wasn't until I started working with small businesses. So a lot of people who own a small business have never worked in corporate so for them, this is like literally a game changer because they don't, you don't know what you don't know, really. And even if they have worked in corporate and set up a small business, what tends to happen is they think about it in a leadership. They've done it in a leadership or a management perspective, but they can't transfer it into sales. And it's based on Carl Jung's psychology, but the model that I use is based on William Moulton Marsden's DISC. And some people are task focused, other people are relationships, some people are introvert and others are extrovert. And usually like like finds like, so we've got quite similar behavior. So that's where whoosh, it's like a magnet. And it's really easy to sell to people who are like you. But what the book is based on, what the top performers did in corporate organizations. And what happened was they actually could adapt their behaviors to sell to people who were not like them. So I think that's where you can sell, you know, but you just eliminate part of your marketplace by not adapting and not understanding other people. So I think that was one of the things um, that I thought was really important in the book. And it's one of the fundamentals. I, I now do a lot of talks in corporate organizations around entrepreneurship. So to get their employees to think like entrepreneurs and a lot of that is entrepreneurial people tend to think in certain ways. And, you know, again, if you look at you coming back to what you were saying about your relationship with your husband, like so you would be like driving force in there. We're going to do this, this and this. But to get him to do what you want, if you go too fast, he'll just dig his heels in and he'll procrastinate even longer because he's he's thinking about things. And the same with the detail. You're like, come on then, we're all off to the beach. And he would be like, well, is there enough petrol in the car? Who packed the suntan lotion? Who does that? So again, it's just that utilising that. And, and when you have the sales conversations preempting what's going to come out of that conversation to give you more information and, and hold the cards really because a lot of it is holding the cards at the right time yeah that's so true you I mean like that you just described our life <laughs> 
to a T. Um, and it's fun because we, we, you know, he's in, he's in personal development. He works with um, a lot of the league managers in the uh, Premier League and the FA, and he, he's helping them with theirs, you know, as they move forward. He's a really great listener. He loves all the facts. He loves to like put the pieces together. That's his thing. And, and I'm super fast, like, okay, let's make, you know, and I would have made 50 mistakes and he would make one because of the way that we go through life. Um, and it's so interesting. And actually in many ways, I feel like that's made a really great balance in the relationship. Uh, but I, we've said often, like, we're happy to be married to each other, but would never want to work in a business together um, because our styles are so different in across the board. But I, you know, it's a real learning curve. And I'm so thankful to have someone in my life that is more methodical, that is more thought out, that does actually go, okay, are we going to have enough? <laughs> are we going to have enough petrol or do we have enough electric plug-in points to get us where we want to go with someone? Because I would be the person on the side of the road going, oh, shoot. Oh, no, how did that happen? But we'll have fun anyway. But it's yeah. interesting because if you look at, you know, how you adapt that into even your marketing messages, you know, because, you know, a lot of people write a marketing message the way that they want to receive it. So again, if that's a relationship-focused extrovert, you need, the, you know, the photos to sort of bring them in. Whereas if that's a task-focused introvert, they need all the words and the T's and C's and you know, even putting those marketing messages together have got to be that combination. And, and even to the extent I've got a lot of people that, you know, they're pitching for um, funding and stuff and doing that research. And when you make eye contact with a certain person at the certain time, I mean, it is a, a proper science, but it works. And I think it's, it's just, you know, one of the things that, you know, looking at the strengths, you know, coming back to that, you know, I know that I don't have much blue either, so I don't have much attention to detail. So I know that's a weakness. So I can't fill that myself, but I get my team to fill it. And, you know, it comes back to that theme from where we started. I think it's really important. You're really self-aware. You know what you're really good at and what you're not. And then you fill the gaps with people that can do that and don't focus too much on the things that you can't do. Well, one of the other things, apart from learning how to speak the language of the people that you're selling to, is also how to price your products correctly. And I know as a female entrepreneur yourself, who's coached a lot of, not just females, you've coached men as well, but for coaching people from all different backgrounds and everything, you know, that I think there is a piece of sales, which is connected to pricing and your confidence in your pricing, your confidence in your product. And I know it took me a long time to get really confident with my pricing to the extent that I kind of said, like, actually, if I sold it for anything less, I, it would be, it would, it, it's, it, it's not right because it's so valuable. Um, and it takes women a long time to get there. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I think there's a fundamental piece before that, because I think not just in female led businesses, but in a lot of businesses, and you see it on Dragon's Den, loads of people don't know the numbers. Like they really do not know the numbers. And it's not, you know, there's a simple equation in business. Sell more, spend less, stay in profit. You know, it's a bit like when you get your salary at the end of the month, right? What are my outgoings, right? Can I make any more money? Do I need a side hustle or do I need a pay rise or, you know, or can I cut on costs and stay, you know, stay in profit? And that's, I think that's one of the fundamental things that people forget in business is to know those numbers. And again, when it comes to the pricing, I think that's where the confidence comes in, but really knowing your value. But if you know your value and you know the numbers, you know what the price has to be. Do you know you know what the price has to be? So say, for example, your overheads are 500 pounds, 
you know that your costs, you know, you need to sell a thousand pounds worth of profit, if, uh, sorry, of, of gross up at the top. If you've only got one client, it's got to be at a thousand pounds, otherwise you're not going to make money or you need to find two clients at a thousand pounds. And that's what kind of gives you the confidence is that knowledge. Obviously, there's things like knowing the marketplace, but I mean, and it's interesting because don't forget, I've come from starting a business myself, John. You know, I didn't know anything about the numbers really. I, you know, I've always worked in a job, and oh, how do I, you know, how do I make money? But when I figured out at the very early start how to make the money in the business, that helped me with the pricing. And I had a good accountant, so from a service base, it was like the rule of thirds. So I've got to take money out of this business. I've got to keep a slush in the business. And I've got to, you know, get the money into the business. So how does that rule of thirds work? I've got to make sure I pay myself because if I'm not paying myself, I can't sustain my life. And if I can't sustain my life, I've got to go back and get a job. So I think that that's really important. And one of the things that I've done and has worked really successfully, and it comes back to the vision board and the goals, I try to scale the business by having other people do the training or doing the talking because I wanted to be the managing director, right? And, and what was then happening was I was paying them more than I paid myself and that wasn't stacking up. So I thought, well, how can I scale a business when it's just me? I mean, that is the, the, the $6 million question, isn't it? And especially in the coaching space, you can have the passive income, create products, but ultimately the further that I grow the profile, the more I become a commodity like a diamond and like a diamond, you can charge what you want. So that's where my focus was always growing the brand, the entrepreneur's godmother, getting my profile out there, doing more on TV, all that kind of stuff means that I can elevate the price and you become more of a commodity. That's really interesting. And I remember when you were in the thick of just getting that going really, and now here you are years later and you've established that. Um, that's really incredible to, to, so let's talk about smash it. What's it, what's it, what is in store for us in smash it? So it is really weird, right? Because shh, don't tell MD Joy, this is like just our secret. We won't tell anybody else, but I honestly believe everything we do in life is a sale, right? That's my, I, I, in fact, I, I believe it so passionately that I actually prove it in this book. So what, well, how it came about. People were reading Secrets of Successful Sales. So they were reading the first book. But it was weird, Joy, right? Because you think Secrets of Successful Sales, I'll read that if I'm in business or if I'm in sales, right? You wouldn't think that anybody else would read that book, would you? No. All these people, not in sales or in business, were reading it or they were putting it into different aspects of their life. So they were saying, oh, I love that book because I've worked out how I can have more time in my day great I love that book because I'm getting better with my family great oh I love that book when I bought a house I managed to save a load of money on it so there was all these people who were using it for the things it wasn't designed for <laughs> oh this is really quite bizarre because how can I help more people I've got to write a book that case studies and actually translates the methodology into everyday things and that's where it became smash it, the art of getting what you want. So it's split into two sections, the me thing and the we thing. So not the Scottish we thing, but the we thing. And the me thing 
because a lot of the time we can't smash our goals isn't isn't anybody else's fault it's this wee space between our ears oh you can't do this you can't charge those prices oh who do you think you are that's too big a goal and we hold ourselves back all the time so what I've done is I've created a methodology that people can use the smash it method to actually overcome that resistance in their head so that's the me thing and then if it is um you know settling down with a partner or getting a promotion at work or you know getting a new job well with all the best will in the world that involves somebody else so that part is split into the me thing in the book and then at the end I do prove I actually prove that everything we do in life is a sale so I'm hoping that doesn't stop people reading it I think again it's it's got the splatterings of Alison Edgarisms in there. It's got wee stories. It's got little case studies, but ultimately it works. And you're going to love this, right? Because the other thing it does have, it's got its own app. So there's an app that actually accompanies the book. So when you do the tasks, all you do is you download it and it's got a wee video of me going, right, okay, Joy, you're at task one, fill in the box. So as you go through the book, that wasn't an American accent, by the way, that's just me giving it all the yay. Um, as you go through the book, you've got the sections in the app that you complete and it's a free app as well. So, you know, the reason that, as you know, everything that I do comes from my heart, my passion, and I really genuinely want to see people getting results. And I believe if they use the app, especially if they're listening on Audible, that will really help them get the results that they desire. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. So when does it come out? It's out now. It's available on Amazon. It's um, and pre It's on order only in the retailers, but you can order a copy. But um, Amazon is probably your best place to get it. So well, I'm a big Audible fan. And of course, we have the Joy Book Club. So I'm going to make sure I get that reviewed uh, so we can get it into the Joy Book Club. Yeah, it's good, I, good results so far. Oh, well, you know, like we said, we were talking about your first book and immediately I talked about my marriage. So I totally get that point. But, and trust me, a lot of your marriage is selling. A lot of parenting is selling. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I believe all of it, Joy, all of it. Yes. So it's, not, it's an amazing resource there. Well, I have just absolutely loved this time with you. Wonderful to reconnect. I cannot wait till I can see you in person again, because we just have so much fun together when we are in person. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I think it's fair to say that we ought to um, lift another woman up who has been a fantastic connector, um, and that's Emma Jones. Uh, oh, I love Emma. Who would have brought us together at the um, Enterprise Nation uh, event. And, you know, I think it's so important when we can start going back to events and start being with other people. Uh, the Enterprise Nation events are incredible, particularly the female uh, the female entrepreneurship event that happens usually in Bristol, usually in October, uh, which is a staple for uh, for female entrepreneurs in the UK. So I would highly recommend that. And that's certainly um, where we connected on the first time. But I, I, I just, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your energy. And of course, all of the wonderful tidbits of information you give us around uh, sales. And I really would encourage people who are listening to this who think, oh, I need to really uh, learn more about sales or I just need to learn how to relate to other people in life better, that these books that Allison has written will be very useful for you uh, because they were probably, your, your initial book was the first book I read on sales 
And it just opened up a world to me of people buy from people. And I say that all the time. And, um, and I, and I really believe that. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being the entrepreneur's godmother. Thank you for also, this is a great example. Uh, those of you who are listening or watching, Allison is a really good example of someone who didn't let their fear of dyslexia, their fear of age, their fear of anything, hold them back from moving forwards. And we need more examples like Allison, um, which is why I'm, I'm so glad you did get an MBE because I think that does raise the profile. But maybe on the final note, just speak to what it's like to lean into the vision and the mission for yourself and uh, in such a way that it's more powerful than the fear you have that's holding you back from doing it. I mean, it sounds very Simon Sinek, but it is the why. Um, and I think for me, the reason that my goals are so large and, you know, literally I do want to smash them is that I know what I say makes an impact on people. I know what I teach can actually change people's lives. So it's my duty to have big goals, Joy, that that's a non-negotiable. The more people who know who I am, you know, the more media exposure I can get, the more people I can help. So that's why I get up in the morning because I know for a fact 100% without even having to flinch or think about it, that what I teach works and it's, it's a game changer. So it's my job to do that for everybody else. Yeah, I love that. So getting confident in your ability to get results for people will certainly help overcome that fear. And you get those results by trial and error and trying different things and working things out and not giving up and knowing that your mission is greater than your fear. Yeah, and I think the fear, I mean, for me, investing in the app, so obviously the app is a free app, but, you know, we all know that the apps are not going to be cheap to develop. So I had to, without, you know, organically, I've invested in that app that I'm giving away for free. That's a big gamble. And, you know, I don't want to do it or not do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? What's the best that's going to happen? And I just felt that the, the book wouldn't be complete without the app and I had to, it was my duty to do it. So, I, you know, if it's your duty, you do it. You stand up, you, you take one for the team and if it works, amazing. And if it doesn't, well, what have I learned and what can I, you know, what can I do next? Oh, so much goodness in that. What can I learn? What can I do next when it doesn't work? And when it works, lean into that and be proud of it. Well, thanks again, Allison. I'm so delighted you're here and I, we got to spend this time together. Cannot wait to see you in person and we'll speak soon. You too. Thanks, Joy.